Welcome to church today. My name is Jordan and I have the privilege of being the director for the Prairie Region for our National Fellowship of Churches, ACOP. I just want to say thank you to the pastoral staff at the Regina Apostolic Church for inviting me to share this message with you today. Uh, we're going to get to our passage from Romans in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but first I want to ask you, uh, do any of you know someone who's really difficult to love? Now I know that as Jesus followers, uh, we're supposed to just be filled and overflowing with love. Uh, but if I'm honest, there's some people in my life that are just a little bit more difficult than others. And for me, the last year and a half seems to have just made more of them. There's something about the polarization of this last season that's made so many conversations more difficult than they probably need to be. You might be familiar with the common advice about topics to avoid at the family supper table or around casual gatherings. Some of the things you're supposed to avoid are politics, religion, and science. But it seems like that's all that people want to talk about recently. I also find that we're living in an age of perpetual offense. It seems that people are really quick to judge another person, really quick to condemn another person, and really quick to be offended. Maybe you found yourself being offended by some things in your life. One thing that I've observed is that if you're on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. And when you're offended, there, there's really no win in living offended. I don't think I've ever met anyone that says my life is more product productive because I've been offended by someone. Or anyone who's ever said my life is so much better because of all these offenses that I carry around everywhere I go. Being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. And if you choose to live offended, you will find that you are missing out on peace. Now, the Bible promises, promises peace, but you'll find that there's a big absence of that in your life if you live offended. Would you let me pray for you? God, thank you for every person connecting to this service today. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through these words, speak through your word, speak to their hearts and their minds. Jesus, I pray that they would know exactly what you would want to say to them today. God, they would take that and they would put it into practice in their life. God, thank you for your word. I pray that you would work your purposes and your plans in each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9, verses 9 to 21. Paul's writing. He says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, 
Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will reap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul, he said, bless those who persecute you. Bless. Bless uh, comes from a Greek word, eulogio. Use uh, from the Greek meaning good and logos meaning word. Bless literally means to speak well of or to wish the best blessing for someone. You may have noticed that it's easy to speak well of someone that you like. But the rest of them, it can be a problem. It's easy to wish the best and want the best and help to see the best accomplished in the lives of those that we love. But maybe you've found yourself being secretly happy when someone that you don't like gets what's coming to them. Now they get a little bit of theirs. Maybe you've seen this when somebody passes you on the highway. Now you're just going along pretty close to the speed limit and somebody passes you. How happy are you? And a couple of minutes later, they're the one pulled over by the police getting a ticket. Yes, they got theirs. Now the Greek language, bless, it was a command. It was a present imperative. It was something for us to do and not just do once, but for us to continue doing. We could rephrase it like this. Be a continual blessing to those who are a continual problem. Be a continual blessing to those who are a continual problem. You might think that sounds impossible, but I want to encourage you just to try it. Try it for a few minutes. Now, the Bible talks about this idea. Jesus talked about the idea of turning the other cheek. Romans 12, verse 1, uh, Pastor Jim preached a great message last week on the first half of this chapter. And it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. But worship is not just the songs that we sing. Worship is the life that we live. Living sacrifice. It sounds like a contradiction in terms. But maybe you remember this guy. His name was Jesus. Paul, he said in Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. We often think about Jesus and we think about his sacrifice on the cross. But his whole life, was a living sacrifice. He knew everything that was coming and the way that he lived is so significant. And it's the way that we are to model our lives after. Romans 12, 16, we just read it a few minutes ago. It says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, do not be conceited. You know what that means? Do not be proud, do not be conceited. Well, even if you go back to the original language, literally it means do not be proud. Do not be conceited. Have you ever observed in yourself that when you feel right, when you know you're right, you've read the article, you've read the research, and you know you're convinced you're right, that a little bit of pride rises up in you? Maybe you start to feel a little bit conceited. 
Now, there's something that Jesus never told us. Jesus didn't tell us to be right. But do you know what he did tell us? He told us to be loving. And it's easy to find reasons. It's easy to convince ourselves that we are more right than someone else. Maybe you can convince yourself that you are more right even than everyone else. But what we have to do is we have to get out of our small little worlds. We need a bigger worldview. When you're in conversations with someone, you know what the natural thing to do is? The natural thing to do is to listen to what they're saying so that you can think harder about what you want to respond with. You spend most of your listening time thinking about your own response to what's being said. What we really need to do is listen to understand. And when we understand, then we can really love. You can't see another perspective. If you can't see someone else's perspective, another perspective on the world around you, your impact will always be limited. Maybe you know this already, but everybody messes up. All of us make mistakes. Everyone sins. But when it's you that does it, you judge yourself by your intentions. But when someone else messes up, makes a mistake, or sins, we judge them by their actions. See, if I did something to disappoint you, I've got reasons. Come on, just give me a break. But if you did something offensive, I think you're mean and rude, and you just need Jesus to save your soul. And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants your story about others to be based in accusations. Things like, she's all about herself. He doesn't care. I can't trust anyone. You know what accusations do? They erode marriages. They split friendships. They destroy churches. And the devil wants your, your story to be based in accusations. But God, he wants your story to be rooted in love. Paul, he wrote to the church in Ephesians, in chapter 4, verse 2, he said, Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults, because of your love. Your life, your life is too short, and your calling is too great to be offended by something small. Can you imagine if Jesus was easily offended? You know, he could have been offended when Matthew, he didn't pay attention to Jesus' sermon. He could have been offended when he healed 10 lepers. And nine of them, they didn't even say thank you. How offensive is that? Thomas, he didn't compliment the miracle. Come on, it was raised from the dead. Being offended is inevitable. But living offended is a choice. Being offended, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But living offended is a choice you get to make. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11 says that a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Overlooking offenses is not the same as pretending it didn't happen. It's a conscious decision to let it go. It's a form of forgiveness. To overlook 
the Hebrew word avor. It means to pass over. Choose to pass over it. Instead of focusing on offense, instead of dwelling on it and replaying over and over and over in your mind till it's magnified beyond whatever happened, choose to pass over. Some of you may have noticed that I'm sitting by his train tracks in front of a, an old railway bridge. People that ride the train that cross this bridge, they tell me that the train is really noisy. Maybe you've experienced that, the noise of the train that builds and builds as it's riding down the tracks. But something amazing happens when it breaks through the trees and it crosses out onto this bridge to pass over the river. It gets absolutely silent. They say it's actually kind of creepy. Get out on this bridge, and you don't even know what happened. There's peace. Maybe your life has felt like this noisy train, clickety-clack, clickety-clack, and it won't stop. And everything around you is agitating and offensive and louder and louder. And what you need is the peace of God to come and invade your life. Maybe you need to choose to pass over some things, to let it go. You can apply this lots of places. On your way to work, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, just choose to let it go. The annoying coworker, just choose to let it go. Or at home. We've been talking to our oldest son. He's in this phase where he's easily annoyed by all of his siblings. So, you know, we can't take away all of the annoying things. We just can't. It's not even possible. There will be things in your life that are annoying, things in your life that are offensive. But you get to choose how you respond. You can just choose to not be annoyed, to not be offended. I happen to think that I have the best marriage ever. But me and, and Chantal, my wife, we have significant differences. We, we are not the same person. We have differences in how we fold the laundry, how we load the dishwasher, maybe some of you have experienced that. We have differences in more significant things too, in how we would choose to discipline our kids and some of the big life choices we make. But do you know that love doesn't seek to win the argument? Love, love seeks to protect the relationship. And we get to choose that in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces, in every relationship that we come across. We can choose. Do we want to win the argument? Or do we really love where we seek to protect the relationship? Love, it forgives in real time. It's choosing. I'm going to let that go. Maybe in an effort to be right, some of you have forgot to be loving. Romans 12, 18, Paul wrote, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do everything, everything possible in your power to live at peace with everyone. Life, life is too short. And your calling 
is too great to be offended by the small stuff. And honestly, most of the stuff is small. When you live offended, you're angry. If you take away that anger and choose to pass over it, you will be amazed. The peace of God will invade your life in a way that you maybe never even thought was possible. You'll find that you don't get defensive. You don't scream. You aren't trying to understand. You're trying to understand and listen because at your basic core, you're saying, maybe they're saying something that I'm not hearing. Maybe you'll find in some situations yourself saying, you know, I was right, but I wasn't loving. And in those moments, it can be tempting to say that well, the other person, they're not changing. They're, they're not saying they're sorry. We know that it takes two people to reconcile, but it takes one person to forgive. Being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. And Jesus, he didn't tell us to be right. He did tell us to be loving. As far as it depends on you, do everything in your power. Love the people around you. Understand them. Listen to them. Look for opportunities to be loving. It's your choice. How will you choose to live?